0: So, we're going to read from Genesis 6, chapter 6, verse 9, to the end of the chapter. We're going to, uh, I'm going to read it out of the New King James, just because it's got bigger letters. (laughs) And it's easier for me to read. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations, Noah walked with God, and Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come, Before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, and cover its side and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it the length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. Now, I want to know what your Bible says, Kyle. You got an ESV, right? How many cubits does it say? It says 300. Okay. So I'm just showing you that 300 is what his says. Now, you got the King James, and it says 300, right? So we know that it's 300 cubits, right? right, I'm just clarifying that before we go any farther, okay? The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. The width, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark, and you shall finish it with a cubit. uh, You shall finish it to a cubit from above, and set the door of the ark in its side. And you shall make with lower and second and third decks. And behold, I myself am bringing flood waters on the earth to destroy from under the heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life everything that is on the earth shall die but i will establish my covenant with you and go uh, and you shall go into the ark you your sons your wife and your sons' wives with you and every living thing of all flesh you shall bring to of every sort "...into the ark, to keep them alive with you, they shall be male and female. Of the birds after their kind, of the animals after their kind, of every creeping thing on the earth after its kind, two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. And you shall take for yourself all food that is eaten." And you shall gather it to yourself, and it shall be food for you and for them. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him. Now, the last statement in this chapter is probably the most telling statement that we'll never accomplish. And Noah did according to all that God commanded him to do. Okay, that's a big statement. Now, what I'm telling you and what we're about to go through, this ark had to be made specifically. Not well. I'm going to kind of throw this together, kind of the way God said. Can I get a? Can I get a? Oh no, that's not how it happened, right? He he put it together exactly. As God told him to, okay? So, the point I'm trying to make is that when we have a word from God, (laughs) uh, let's just pick a subject, marriage, okay? If we have a word from God about what marriage is supposed to look like, we probably should follow the instructions, amen? Amen? We probably ought to be like Noah and do just exactly what God says to do in marriage. Amen. And not try to establish our own kind of marriage. That would be like establishing my own form of the ark. Well, God, I didn't like the fact that you made it a rectangle, so I wanted to be like a UFO. Right? I mean he Noah was not allowed to just have privilege with how to make the ark even God told him how to make the ark how long it was how wide it was going to be how tall it was going to be right now I have a graphic in in this Bible and this is the reason why I left this Bible here so you guys can look at it when we get to this but I want to talk about this just a little bit okay uh Going back to verse 9 Okay uh, Yeah That's where I'm at These are the generations of Noah I told you before that this phrase Comes up time after time The generations Of Noah Okay This is uh, uh, Oh what did we call it When we ran into it At the beginning of chapter 5 if you go back to chapter five, uh, it says this is the book of the generations of Adam. Remember, I said every time it says that something different about to happen. Right. This is a new section of the book. That phrase is also here repeated. there. Uh, these are the generations of Noah. This is another spot where we have to. Draw a line and say, look, something different's about to happen here. God's doing this for a purpose. The same purpose that in chapter 5, he tells you about the lineages of Adam and the lineage of Cain. And then gives you this story, beginning of chapter 6, where we have wicked lines of Cain and the good line of Seth, right? Which Noah was part of. The Hebrew tendency for genealogy is all through this book okay the understanding that the 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 sons of god now this is my opinion and if you want to think they're angels you still can mike okay i'm not telling you not to what i'm saying is it fits the whole narrative of jewish understanding of lineage and the importance of lineage right So we also see this here with Noah, that Noah, not only is Noah saved, but his sons are saved. Why? Because he's preserving Noah's line, right? We understand that, right? Now, it starts. These are generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Notice the phrasing. Notice what it does not say. Noah was perfect. It doesn't say that, does it? It doesn't say Noah was not a fallen man, nor did Noah inherit a sin nature. does not say any of that either. It says Noah was blameless in his generation. This means compared to other people, Noah was good, right? Now, the problem with our depravity is not That we are so depraved that you can't distinguish one person from another in their behavior. The purpose and the point of depravity is that compared to God, I'm filthy, fallen, and hopeless. Amen. So comparing Noah to those of his generation doesn't necessarily mean Noah was without sin or Noah was somehow... Perfect and without this fallen state of Adam in him, okay? That does not mean that. It just means in comparison to those whom he lived around, right? Now, uh, it's funny because I have a twin brother, and all the time he's asked a question, are you the good one or the bad one? And he used to get really offended about that, right? Now, this is just in comparison because people just assume, and that's probably the wrong thing to do, right? You don't assume. <laughs> but they assume that somehow I'm better because I wasn't, I'm the pastor or the preacher, right? So I'm probably better. And he's like, you don't know Kevin, right? And I'm sure there were people going, Noah, really? Noah? You know Noah? You hear how he talked to me last week, right? Right? Like, I can hear it right now. Maybe Sham, Ham, and Jake was like, really, our dad? Really? My son's probably like, my dad's the pastor of this church? Really? <laughs> I'm just saying, right? So we got to understand that that's not what it's saying about Noah. Noah was not some kind of uh, holier than thou art, you know, person that was exempt from depravity or the fall. Or No, he was just as fallen as those around him, just to a lesser degree, apparently, okay? There was more wicked people than him, amen? Now, (laughs) it says Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation, and walked with God. Now, this is the distinction, okay? And this is the distinction that we have as Christians, not that we're better than anybody in the world, not that we are holy, because of our actions or because of anything in us it's because we walk with god it's because of who we're in relationship with it's the it's not me it's the reason you know you ever you ever got invited to a really fancy party because somebody was really influential, and they were like, hey, you can come to this party with me. Now, I have been to parties like that, and it wasn't because I was important, okay? It was because the person I was with was important, okay? Had nothing to do with me. I I was just a gnat in the room, okay? I was just a fly buzzing around, felt like I was out of water, right? Now, this is us in the world. We're No, there is nothing in me that's good, right? So when we're conversating with sinners or we're talking to quote-unquote people outside the church, the reality is we must engage them normally because we are them, except we walk with God. Amen? But God, right? Like I could preach a whole sermon, but God, right? Uh, uh, How many times could you have given up, Ruth? But God. Alright, right? Mike, how many times could you have just lost hope for a wife? But God? Okay, I'm just saying. How many of the rest of us could have felt the same way? But God sent Judy, right? Amen. And I'm just, look, I'm just saying, okay, we all have that same story, and we need to be able to understand that the only reason we're good is because of God, right? The only good in me is the good he put in me, okay? Because the rest of it is me and it's messed up. <laughs> right? Right? Blind, naked, lonely, right? I'm that person that's miserable. You know, the Rev- church in Revelation, right? Need to put eye salve on my eyes, <laughs> right? Come on. We need to see ourselves for who we are. So we need to understand Noah's not this self-righteous person. It wasn't a self-righteousness. His righteousness only came because he walked with God. Amen. And this is clearly what the text is saying. Uh, And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. Now this is the part that we understand even more the depth of depravity. Because at the beginning of chapter 6, we see that uh, it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, they were beautiful, and they took wives themselves of whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, uh, for indeed he is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. And there were giants in the land afterwards, and the sons of God came to the daughters of men and bore children to them. And they were mighty men, men of old, men of renown. And the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every intent of his thought of his heart was evil continually. Now, not only was the, every thought of the heart of man evil, obviously it was bearing fruit into violence, okay? Because that's the word that we're seeing now when we're about to get God telling Noah, build the ark. Because people are evil, right? So it's not just now. It's not just a heart evil, but an action evil. Okay, it's violence has filled the earth. That's what it says, right? Am, am I am I misquoting it? Uh, let's go back. I'll, let's read it. Oh, uh, uh, is it verse thirteen? Okay, and God said, no, I'm determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Now, uh, verse 11 also says it, so it's saying it twice. Okay, verse 11, it says, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. So even before he talks to Noah, you get the the backstory that the earth is filled with violence—it says it twice, right? So we we went from Cain killing Abel to Lamech killing two people, and now by the time Noah is a, old enough to start building his ark, obviously when he's around 600 years old, right? Violence has filled the earth. Right. Like God didn't even have to tell him; it wasn't anything about a revelation. He could, I can just look. Right. The earth is so weak. Right. I'm sure Noah wasn't like, "Oh my gosh, are you serious? The earth is filled with violence." That would be like somebody today going, "People are bad. What's wrong with you? People are great." Have you turned on the television today? Like, have you looked at Facebook for five seconds? I mean, it, it doesn't take long to see that people are really messed up, but right? But I think that's that the importance about that, is it was observable. It was but evident, and it was so evident that God was fixing to deal with it, like in a serious way, right? God was so serious about it, he's done. He's done. He's fixing to pour out judgment, right? Kill. And I like the wording, okay? If you look at this, he says, and, and, Noah, and God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh. For the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Okay? I will destroy them with the earth. Now, is he saying he's going to destroy man and the earth? Or is he saying he's going to destroy man and... Using the earth, because that's the good question. The way the wording, how's it read in the in the King James, Mike? It says with the earth, but water is not earth, is... I, I understand that. So your assumption would be that it is he's going to kill man and then every other living thing on the earth, correct? Yeah. Okay, that'd be the correct assumption. It just seems like a play on words that somebody could make an inference that. Oh, he's going to use the earth to kill him. Now, the water's on the earth, right? Water's on the earth. How, do, how, do, how, do, how does water move around in large quantities right now? Yeah, a tsunami. What happens in a tsunami most of the time? You have a landslide or an earthquake, right? Something generates that, right? That would be a case where somebody could say, see, the earth caused that water to do that, right? I'm not saying that's what it is. It's just interesting, the wording that they use there. I'm going to destroy them with the earth, okay? Does that mean you're going to destroy them and everything on the earth, which is what I would say it's saying. But on the second reading of it, I went, With the earth, like, here, I'm going to ball the earth up and throw it at you kind of thing? I don't know, you know? No, it's not that. We know that he's about to destroy every living thing, and he clarifies this statement in just another verse, right? He says, I'm going to kill every living thing on the earth, okay? He makes it even plainer, right? So we can—I was just trying to give you a little thing, because people— pull up dumb things to believe okay and they'll be like oh see you're using the earth to kill them I'm like I don't think that's what it means okay but we need to broach it when we find a place where people could take it and turn it around right I don't, see that I, I don't textually it doesn't make any sense right so we're going to keep reading he said behold I will destroy them with the earth make for yourself an ark of gopher wood Notice that he doesn't even give him the option to pick a different wood. Okay, does yours say gopher wood? Yeah. Does yours say gopher wood? I'm pretty sure the King James or the New King James says gopher wood. Yep, gopher wood every time. Right. So God is specific in what kind of wood that He wants him to use. Why do you think gopher wood would be important? Anybody know anything about gopher wood? understanding about gopher wood and I don't know anything about it but from what I remember gopher wood is strong but light okay in other words it take down the weight of the the arc you know what I mean it would float better gopher wood floats good okay they made a lot of ships out of gopher wood because gopher wood floats very well and it's pliable, right? Uh, so, gopher wood. Beyond that, I have no idea why he said make it out of gopher wood, other than God told him what kind of wood to use, right? Uh, do we think that's important that God made a statement on what kind of wood to use? I think it's probably important. I think it's probably important that God tells him what kind of wood to use. I think the fact that God tells him to use a certain kind of wood and to make it a certain length and height and, and width is important. What if, what if he would have just left it open and then like, oh, hey, I'll take the oak over here and then the whole thing just sinks. Well and, and, yeah. well, and the part about gopher wood is that gopher wood is so, it's pliable. So it's not going to break As easily under load and what what we're talking about is when it gets wet and then it's being floating in you know I'm just assuming that this much water coming up is causing pretty big waves I mean I'm just just guessing but the reality is gopher wood is going to be a lot less apt to snap as some other woods from what I remember about gopher wood, okay? So it's, it's pliable and it's lighter, right? So that would make a huge difference in the materials that you build from, right? Because what you, you don't want a wood that once it gets wet, it's gonna dissolve or start to break down, right? Well, I know that's why they're putting pitch on it, okay? I'm not, I'm not totally inept. But the wood's still going to get wet to a point, right? And you you don't want wood that's going to get waterlogged and then sink. And you also don't want wood that's too brittle that'll end up breaking under a load, right? So there was probably some of these specific things as to why God chose gopher wood, okay? And I've heard other people make cases for why he chose gopher wood. I just default to the fact that that's the wood God wanted them to use. Amen? <laughs> hey it's just like when, when they made the ark. They didn't get a choice of what kind of woods to make the poles out of or the box or any of that, right? They were told exactly what kind of wood to use. They were told how to inlay the gold over it. They were told everything, right? Let's realize also that it's all a part of God's plan. Amen. And we can tell from just the layout of the tabernacle and the layout of the temple and the implements in the temple that there was importance in those things that transfer over into our understanding of Christ. The labor, the washing. The, the, the sacrificial altar, the incense, right? I mean, just so many things that speak to us about that. And we can find those same parallels in this ark that the animals are being rescued in. God had a specific kind of wood for specific reasons, right? Now, let's keep reading. Uh, watch this. Uh, Where would I leave off? Thirteen. And God said to Noah, I've determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. Its breadth, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and set the door of the ark in its side. Now, I have a I have a uh, note here that I wanted to read about how big the ark is. OK, and uh, I think it's neat I don't know that we can extrapolate much information out of it other than how big the arc is, okay? So if you wanna take 300 cubits and 50 cubits and 30 cubits and put them in perspective of modern day measurements, this is how big the arc would be. In modern measurements, the arc would have been about 450 feet long it would have been 75 feet wide and 45 feet tall, yielding a displacement of about 43,000 tons. That's how much it probably would have weighed. Inside, the capacity would have been about 1.4 million cubic feet with an approximate total deck space of 95,700 square feet. Now, I have a diagram, and I brought this Bible on purpose because it gives you a look at how big the Santa Maria was. It gives you a look at how big the uh, cutter ship the Wyoming was. It gives you a... a, uh, look at how big the titanic was and it gives you a look at about the queen mary 2 and how big it was and it gives you some diagrams of what the ark could have looked like this is not exact obviously we don't know exactly the shape we can tell it's rectangle right just from the dimensions but that gives you a size differential look how big the This is the Santa Maria. Look how big the ark is in comparison to the Santa Maria. And even the Wyoming was smaller. The Titanic was obviously bigger because it was what, roughly like 700 feet long or some stuff like that. But the the realities of how big this ship is, is pretty amazing that Noah and his three sons built an ark that was that big. Okay. I'm just going to tell you that this room, Kyle, will you do me a favor and pace off this room? You going to pace this room off for me, Mike? Since you're already up? Yeah. Yeah. Just go ahead and and go to the back wall and paste this room off for me, okay? This room, we feel like this room is really big, right? The reality is, to this ceiling, it might be 25 feet, 30 feet at the most. So the ark would be 15 feet taller than this roof. The ark would have been... 15 feet taller. Go ahead and and pace that off for me. See how long it is. This one foot in front of the other, you're going to get a regular average one foot per one of your feet. And I can tell you it's probably around 30, 40 feet Maybe. 29 paces, so it's going to be roughly 30, 35 feet long, okay? Now, just imagine, uh, well, if that's 30, how many ever times 30 goes into 450? That's how many sanctuaries would be stretched out here, okay? This boat was ginormous, okay? It was huge with three decks, okay? Three different levels on the decks, okay? So we're understanding how big the place was. Huh? 15 sanctuaries in a row. That's how big that boat would have been, okay? 15 of these rooms in a line. And then it was 50 or 70 feet, 75 feet wide, okay? So what? Two and a half of these rooms sideways. And then it was 45 feet tall. This building, I, I have had a ladder in here that is 12, uh, 12 feet tall and it goes about midway. Okay, so this ceiling is roughly 20, 25 feet. Okay, so the arc was 45 feet tall. So that would have been another 15 or 25 feet higher than where we're at right now, as far as where this roof is. This thing was enormous, right? Like, just scale-wise, we don't even understand Noah and his three sons, and I'm sure their wives helped, right? With... Uh, there's not a church function that women aren't helping with at this church, okay? So I have a hard time believing Noah's building this ark with just him and his three sons and the women didn't help at all ever. Okay? I don't believe it, okay. I'm sure they were probably putting pitch in while they these guys are sawing logs and stuff, right? Like just see how it's working right now. And if you're Ruth you're like, I can saw them logs, get out of the way. Right? I know how Ruth is. I know how Ruth is. I can do that too. Right, right. Especially when he goes, hey, God's going to kill every flesh on the whole earth. We got to build a boat. (laughs) Everybody's willing to work then, right? Now, we don't know how long it took them to build the boat. But I can assume that four, well, three, six people, eight people, it took them quite a while to build a boat that big. Okay? 450 feet long. 45 feet high, 75 feet wide. Now, just put it in perspective, three different decks you have to build in there too. And then you have to build stairs to get to these decks. Then you have to build walls to wall these animals in because you don't want lions eating sheep, right? You got to keep them all alive. Can't let them kill each other. Now, the more amazing part is, here in this chapter, it simply says two of every kind. But when we start chapter 7, we realize God tells Noah to take even more than that. Right? I just want to give you a little excerpt from next week, okay? Verse 1 of chapter 7, The Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, and you and your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me and in this generation take with you seven pairs of all clean animals. The male and the female and a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and the mate. So now he's saying take seven, don't just take two of every kind. The clean animals, you're going to take seven of that kind. Male and females of those. And then the unclean animals, you'll just take two, a pair. Right? So there's even more animals than we're really realizing that are going to be in this boat. Now it's interesting that after the flood, God institutes or allows, man says, you can now eat these animals, right? That's what he says. Not only can he eat Uh, The vegetables and stuff that grew from the ground now, but he can also eat these animals right which would be the purpose for taking the clean animals with them because you can only eat the clean animals and Noah started sacrificing to God. So he's only sacrificing clean animals too. that's would be the real purpose of bringing that many more clean animals as opposed to unclean animals. Okay. Now, that was all free, and we'll talk about that more next week. But, what, next week? Wednesday. (laughs) Wednesday, not next week. Uh, This is how you are to make it 300 cubits long, uh, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof on the ark. So, this is the part that always got me. This, you know, because for a long time, when I was a kid, especially, I just kind of, Pictured the ark as a boat but it's more like a capsule you know what I mean because it's closed in even on the top it's closed up closed in so water can't get in from the top right which would be very important if you're in a boat and it's raining for 40 days right because it wouldn't take very long and people ate people just, just try to imagine this. You have a boat 450 feet long with no roof and eight people to bail water. You'd be sunk pretty fast, right? Like, it wouldn't take long, and you're, you're sinking because eight people are not going to bail out a 450-foot-long boat with buckets, okay? So it had to have a roof. So it's enclosed, okay? Now, this brings to light many more unpleasantries that we have to think about. You're in an enclosed, 450-foot-long capsule with animal poo and animal pee for a year. Yeah. (laughs) Right, right, right. I'm just saying, that probably, that place, I mean, like, just, has anybody ever mucked stalls besides me, okay? If you've never mucked stalls, just four or five horse stalls can take you a day, okay? It was never Indeed, the job of cleaning poo was never— I'm sure that there was at least one or two people that that's all they did was clean animals' areas and throw it overboard. I mean, I would have throw it outside, right? <laughs> now, let's just talk about the other thing. They had to bring enough food for everybody to eat including the animals. So not only are they bringing all the animals on the boat, but they have to bring all the food that they will need for an unnamed specific time, by the way. God doesn't say you're going to be in the boat this long. He just says it's going to rain for 40 days, right? But they're in the boat way longer than 40 days, right? Right? So we gotta understand they had all the take all the food that they could carry too. So this boat is a floating capsule full of animals and food, right? Now I don't know about you, but grains when they sit around in moist environments start to develop mold and funk. So you have to keep all your food dry and safe, right? So I'm sure somebody was in charge of not only feeding the animals, but making sure the food was still stayed good, right? Because especially on ships where you have moisture all the time, you're going to be fighting to keep food fresh, okay? It doesn't, at this point, I don't have any uh, definitive uh, evidence but at this point we know that they may not have been eating animals so we're talking about a lot of vegetables and berries and fruits and nuts and you know all kinds of stuff now could they have been eating fish could have i don't know maybe they just went fish some fish out and threw them to the bears and stuff might have been that easy i don't know it doesn't tell us right he tells them to take food for them and for the animals so we got food on board now we got food and we got poo which if you realize poo normally follows food right the <laughs> that's normal so we have those elements and then we also got to realize that on top of all of the the cleaning we also have ship maintenance This ship doesn't have nails in it, okay? As far as we know, it's probably lashed together and got pitch everywhere, right? So I'm sure they had to keep extra pitch to patch stuff on this water for a year, okay? If you take a boat and you make a little boat out of popsicle sticks, okay? If you glue them together and you let that thing just soak in water for a year, it's not going to last, right? Because the, the water will degrade the glue, even just sitting in stagnant water, okay? Not, that's not just discounting water that's running, right? Being tossed to and fro, you got wood moving, so you're rubbing that pitch out of those cracks, Right? We're just thinking logically, right? So they had to carry extra pitch, too. And I'm sure somebody was in charge of walking around going, oh, I see some water coming in here. Well, they to put some more pitch in here, right? To keep this boat floating, right? There's all kinds of things that we're not thinking about being in a boat for a year and a boat that big, okay? And this is not even taken into facts that we have to build this said boat, okay? God doesn't tell them how to put it together. (laughs) He just says, build one this long, this wide, and this high. And I'm sure Noah went home and told Cham, Ham, and Japheth, who nobody has ever seen a boat before, right? Because there's not been water that we have to go float on, right? Not rained, just saying, we don't know that they had any experience with boats. We have zero knowledge of that. So Noah comes to Sham Ham, and Jacob said, Hey, God told me he's going to kill everything on the earth, and we didn't make a boat. And they said, What's that? <laughs> well, God said it's got to be 300 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet tall. And it's got to have three levels. Now they had to figure the rest out on their on their own, right? Doesn't that kind of sound like, hey, Abraham, go to a country that I'm going to send you to. But he doesn't tell him where that country is. He just says, go, right? This is how God operates. This is no different than the rest of Genesis when we read it, right? He gives Noah a diagram and then says, figure the rest out on your own, okay? Now. Now. The greatest part for me is that Noah did it, right? He didn't let anything stop him. Now, I would have been highly motivated, too. I don't want to die in flood, right? I would have built the ark, whatever that was. We don't know that he knew what an ark was, okay? He's living, as far as we know, somewhere in the Middle East or Turkey area, right? Like we... There's no ocean. There's no, I mean, they they had rivers, but there was no big body of water that he could have even looked at and said, yeah, I'm going to make a ship that's way too big to ever go down that river, right? Like, nobody would have thought about that. So God had to give him more information, I think, than what we're seeing, okay? Just my opinion. Maybe there's more information like, hey, Noah, uh, I wouldn't lash that board that way. It's just going to fall apart, (laughs) right? Like, or hey, you might want to, you know, tongue and groove these things together or something. I don't know. There had to be more information, okay? Because from what we got to to what you get in verse 23, Noah did this, and all that God commanded him. When it says, and all that God commanded him, I believe... (laughs) that he is speaking of more things that were not written down here, okay? So he probably gave him more detailed how to do this, okay? That's all I'm saying, is I just don't think that telling somebody, hey, if I came to you, Mike, and I said, I want an airplane 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet tall, and you make it. Just like I want it. But I don't tell you how to make it. I just give you those dimensions. It'd be a weird looking airplane, first of all. (laughs) But you couldn't build it without a little bit more information, right? Like you would have to have some more detail. So I'm sure Noah spent a little bit of time in prayer going, Okay, God, you want me to build this boat 350 feet long or 450 feet long? How am I going to do that? And where do I get all this gopher wood? Think about how much wood this would have taken to build a boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet tall with three levels in it. That's got a roof on it. So you have five different levels. You have the bottom, the next row, the next row, the next row, and then the roof, right? You have to find wood for 450 feet times five. And then the sides and all that. That's a humongous amount of trees for one boat, right? That's huge. That'd be like, I, I just couldn't even imagine them making the Titanic out of wood, right? Like how much wood would it have took to make the Titanic out of wood, right? Mind-boggling, right? This has nothing to do with what we're talking about. I'm sorry, but I thought, when I when I read this story though and I think about how big this ark is, that's the kind of thoughts that I'm thinking. I'm like, man, this was enormous. And then you step in the sanctuary and you're like, this is only 30 feet long and it feels big, right? 20 feet tall ceilings and it feels big. But in comparison, it wasn't even a 15th of the size of the ark, okay? that's And, and that's just lengthwise because it was way, way, we're way more narrow than the ark would have been, right? So that thing was big. Not only did it take that much time to build, you just got to think about, man, just keeping everything going for a year inside that thing would have been an all-day job. Somebody would have been cooking or preparing food for animals all day, every day. And you probably felt like you never caught up, right? Like, it's like working at Cessna. You're never ahead. You never get done. It's always, right? I mean, like, but that's that's every job, okay? it's the same way when you work at Burger King. It's the same way when you work at, at, at the wire plant. I mean, it's just your job's never done, right? But sometimes you have little victories where you're like, oh, I got done with that order. And I'm sure that Noah and his sons and their wives were like, okay, God, I'm done with this order now. <laughs> I don't want to do this one anymore, right? Um, I, I felt that way just building leading edges. So I couldn't imagine feeding animals every day for a year in a stinky capsule boat. Now, let's ask another question. This boat's got one window. Uno, right? Now check this out. Got one window. What do you do when the door's shut? How many candles does it take to light an arc that's 450 feet long and three different levels? And is it safe to have that many candles in a boat full of pitch? <laughs> Those are important questions, okay? like. They had to have a place to prepare food. I can see them right now. Well, we need to lay some of this stuff down so we don't light this pitch on fire and destroy the whole boat, right? Because pitch, if you, I mean, pitch is flammable. Wood burns. <laughs> so how did they see? What kind of lighting source do they have? All of those thoughts go into my mind when I'm thinking about how life actually existed on this boat for a year, Okay. With all these animals, with all these people, with all this food, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot in there. Uh, So make a make a roof for the ark and finish it a cubit above and set a door of the ark inside. Make it with a lower and a second and third decks. Uh, For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which the breath of life is under heaven. Now, this part, theologically, is very important. God is sending the floodwaters. He says he's sending them, okay? So we can we can rule out this is just a natural disaster. God sends the floodwaters, says he's sending them, and he says, I'm destroying every creature on the face of the earth that has the breath of life in it. Now, that is not just men, not just man, not just men and women had the breath of life. We know that the birds of the air and that the, the animals that walked on the ground, the land animals, had the breath of life, right? God says so, right? So God isn't just destroying us, but all life off of the face of the earth, Right? Right, with the exception of what lives in the sea. Now, the reality of this is it's very important to understand that God is wiping out man and man's food sources, right? He's bringing judgment also on creation. The fall started all this. What happened in the fall? When he talked to Adam, he said, cursed is the ground for your sake, right? Right. So God's judgment falling again on the earth is still a part of man being tied to the earth, coming from the ground and corrupting the ground. So the judgment that falls on man falls on the earth as well. Amen? This is, a, this is absolutely what's being in, viewed here, is that God is judging all creation at this point, right? Fresh water, yeah. Now, I got a solution for that, though, okay? I'm just telling you. Rain, normally rainwater is drinkable, right? Normally. I don't know if the water then, the rainwater then, would have been drinkable. I'm just assuming that it is because it is now. So, with that being said, you may have been able to just, like, you know, put some buckets out, catch some water or something, right? Right? that that may have been a viable solution but you would only been able to do that for the 40 days that it rained because after that after that it was stopped raining and now you're just floating around right now I don't know if all the water that was under them was still salt water or not I don't know that either so could be that they had to bring fresh water too if they did have to bring fresh water that's taking up some more space because that's a lot of water to have to carry. Right? Right, right. After the 40 days, they would have had to keep it in there a whole year. Right? So, yeah, those are good questions. That's a good note. I didn't think about that either. But, yeah, because we can go way longer without food than we can water. Right? And every animal is the same way. Most animals can go way longer without food than they can without water, right? Water is essential for life, right? And we're made up of what, like 70% water. So they say, I don't know about that. Some of us more than others, maybe. I'm, I got a little more salt in me, I think. That was supposed to be a joke. He said, but, be, uh, for behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon destroy the, all flesh In which the breath of life is under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. Now that's the point where I was getting to earlier. He says everything on the earth shall die. That's men, animals, and plants. Everything on the earth will die. Right? What's the King James say? Does it say the same thing? Verse 15. No, not 15. 17. The very end. Everything that is on the earth shall die. That's what the ESV says. Everything that is in the earth shall die. Right. All right. Verse 18. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. Every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive. Notice that God says, uh, uh, Noah, I'm making my covenant with you. Right? And he's saying that you, your wife, your sons, their wives, and every living creature that you bring into the ark, you're bringing it in here so it will live. Right? So as He has to bring them in there, not only so that they will live, now Noah's being put in responsibility of keeping them alive, right? Because most of these animals ain't just going to keep themselves alive in this kind of environment, right? Most of the time, caged animals, if they're not well taken care of, will go into their own sort of depression, and it could honestly kill them have this kind of shock to their environment to their system right so this is another way God is re-establishing the covenant that he had with Adam with the garden you're going to tend the garden Adam you're going to take care of this so Noah righteous in God's sight walked with God Noah's being charged not just with bringing the animals in the ark so they live but caring for these animals While they're in the ark right This is another way of God Showing first of all his grace And reestablishing a covenant Whereby men Will serve the purpose for which God made them right Man's purpose was To tend the garden and to watch Over creation correct So This is now what Noah's Primary job is going to be Take care of creation This is what Noah's job is. And we all were like, I know you guys probably already thought of that before, but I didn't, okay? (laughs) And I thought it was interesting that Noah has been given the opportunity to do what Adam failed to do, right? So we're having a, a chance here of, first of all, God's grace by saving anybody, okay? Noah found favor in God's sight, we're told in chapter 6, right? Or in chapter 5, Noah found favor in God's sight. doesn't tell you how, and then we get over here, it said that Noah walked with God, right? So Noah, like Enoch, walked with God. This is a trait of people of faith walking with God. Not just... Uh, knowing the law or knowing the commandments or feeling the obligated, but having a relationship with God where God is my God and I'm his servant and I do what he wants me to do. Not, be out, not out of obligation, but out of love because we do have a relationship. If you do stuff for your spouse just because you're married, pretty soon they're going to still feel like you're just doing that because you feel like you're supposed to, not because you love me. Right? Like, I know that we all can get into parts like that, right? Like we're just doing stuff, going through the motions, right? And every once in a while you have to go, no, I'm I'm really doing this because I do love you. Now, I might not say it as much as I should say it, and I might not show it as much as I should show it. This is why I'm doing it, and this is the purpose of it, right? So in the same way, Noah's getting a chance to do what Adam could not do or did not do and have dominion over creation, And then we find out Noah messes up, just like us, right? But beyond that, he says, I'm going to make my covenant with you, and you can, every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. Notice that it says, to keep them alive with you. That's where I was going with that whole tirade that I just went on, is that it was Noah's job to keep them alive. Not that you're just going to bring them in the ark so they can live, That's not what he said. He said, bring them in the ark so you can keep them alive. In other words, here you go. Take care of them, right? Uh, Verse 20. Of the birds according to their kind, and of the animals according to their kind, and every creeping thing on the ground according to this kind, yes, even snakes. Two of every sort shall come come into you, to keep them alive. And he repeats the phrase. After he tells them all of the different kinds of animals, he says, They'll come to you so you can keep them alive. So here we see again God reestablishing his covenant and saying, Look, I made man for a purpose, and Noah, you're going to fulfill it. Right? Same thing Adam was supposed to do. The same thing. Okay? Now, uh, This is the part that gets me when I think about all this. Also, take with you every sort of food that is eaten and store it up. It shall serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this and did all that God commanded him. That verse right there. Okay. So now we have the obligation of I'm going to send these animals to you so you can keep them alive, by the way, you're going to have to store up enough food for you and for them, okay? And it says all kind of food, whatever kind of food can be eaten, okay? That means that there's some things that you could eat, but it shouldn't eat, right? Because you'll die, right? Like those puffer fish or whatever those are, right? I don't know who, who, I would never, I don't care if it's a professional that says, oh, I can cook, nope, I ain't eating it. Eat no puffer fish. Not going to get me to do it. Nope. All the food that could be eaten. And you got to store it up. So my goal and your goal should be Noah's goal. And that's to do everything God commands us to do. Amen. The point of my sermon, if I was going to preach a whole sermon on this, other than just doing exegetical, you know, uh, telling you what all the verses are talking about. If I was going to preach a sermon on on obeying God, I would do it from this verse because Noah did everything God commanded him to do, and I don't know anybody besides Jesus. <laughs> right now, we know that Noah was not perfect and ended up messing up, right, and, and kind of not being this, like I said before, he wasn't some holier than thou art, you know, a uh, person that was by default not affected by the fall he was a fallen human being and that is very evident when you get post flood right it it becomes very evident Noah becomes a a, a, I don't know what you call people who grow orchards okay (laughs) but he, he has an olive grove and he starts to make his own wine or great uh, vineyard and makes his own wine and he gets so drunk that he obviously does some stuff in a cave that he ain't supposed to be doing because he ends up naked in his kids' scene, right? So, I'm just drawing two and two together, right? Oh no. Noah gets naked is found in a cave, naked and he grows he grows his own vineyard it said a cave. I'm pretty sure. It might have. Been. Okay, now you're gonna make me go look. You could be right. Well, no, no, he was. You're you're right about that. Let's see if Noah was in a tent. Now you're making me wonder. I, I don't know nothing. You guys just tell me. Noah's descendants. Flood subsides. Okay, we ought to be getting close here. Oh, yep, it's a tent. You're right, Mike. Verse 20, 21 of chapter uh, 9. You're right, it's a tent. Okay, it was just the, the, I was only wrong about the location. That's what it was, okay, okay. Anyway. It makes a huge impact that we see Noah doing that. It's not, it's not a crime to have a vineyard, and it's not a crime to drink wine, okay? But to get so drunk that you're in your tent naked and your kids see you, that's pretty bad, <laughs> right? Uh, well, and, you know, there's some insinuation there. Maybe uh, maybe him and his wife were in there naked, and that's what uh, Shem or whatever, whichever one saw him, you know what I mean? Maybe that's what he saw, or uh, they go. They, the, the list of debaucheries goes even deeper than that when people start discussing it, and we're not going to talk about it tonight. <laughs> we're going to pray and go home, amen? All right, Mike, would you like to pray?